And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It's our big 78th shiny episode, Matt, and oh, what a special joyous occasion it is, because it's our Justice League spoiler cast. But hey, if you haven't seen Justice League, though, don't let that scare you off. We are going to talk about news. We're just going to leave the movie talk until where we usually talk about comics. So, you know, don't, don't feel like you gotta run, and if you do, be sure to save this one for later. Definitely. Once you've seen the movie, but uh, yeah, how's uh, how's your week been, Matt? Been pretty good, pretty, pr- pretty chill. It's getting near that time of the year where where everyone everyone sort of breaks off for Christmas, yeah. so I'm starting to get into the holiday holiday mood a little bit. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I had a very Christmassy moment uh, tonight. Actually, my local superstore, Giant Tiger, which everyone laughs about that. It's a local Ontario chain. It's, it's called Giant Tiger. Its logo is a big, happy tiger. Give them a thumbs up. <laughs> they uh, they had a local, like, 25% off night for, like, friends and family members. So, like, if you're there at the store every day, which I am because it's, like, right behind my house. It's in walking distance. Or if you're, like, related to someone who works there, they give you a little card, and you get to go in, like, after hours and, like, pick stuff out. And I did that, although I totally read the thing wrong, where it's like, you know, okay, so what's 20% off? You know, shoes and fashion apparel and electronics and everything. I'm like, cool, I'm going to get a hat and a new belt and some track pants and a bunch of candy. (laughs) And it came out to like forty six bucks. I'm like, man, that's way more expensive than I thought. You, you you included the deal, right? It's like, yeah, on the clothes and stuff that mattered. You also bought a bunch of candy, and I'm like, oh, oh, I did it wrong. Thirty dollars worth of candy, and, 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 and jerky, and pepperoni, and like tea cookies and stuff. But yeah, that's that's what I got. <laughs> that's that was my thing. And again, it's like, so are you getting your Christmas shopping done? No, nah, it's just stuff I needed. I'll do my Christmas shopping in December when I get my December this, check. This is my weekly grocery shopping. Yeah, this is just this is just <laughs> shit I needed at the moment. Also, too, it's like it's not like I have to get my Christmas shopping done here again. You're right behind. Me. I'll, I'll be here tomorrow for stuff. <laughs> it's just that easy. So yeah, I did that. Uh, also, too, if you've been paying attention, I've been Twitch streaming a lot more recently. And hey, guess who's mm. got two thumbs and became a Twitch partner this week? Ah. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I just I just had to keep doing it. So thank you to the same 10 people who showed up to watch me <laughs> and kept consistent enough. I know I do it from like 11 to 1 in the morning, which means I get like a lot of people in different time zones. So I appreciate everyone coming to watch me. And also thank you, Trappy Jenkins, who became my first uh, like actual donator to the stream. Trappy's been a, fr- a fan for a real long time. He had some spare bits. So thanks to him, I made 12 whole cents. Oh, oh, you can retire now, Joe. Yeah, that's 12 cents. I have cents. to start looking, looking for another co-host. <laughs> that's 12 cents I did not have before. I take that 12 cents down to the racetrack. I put that 12 <laughs> cents on a 20 to 1, and then I turn that 12 cents into whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I started streaming a little bit more this week as well. I started streaming streaming um, Battlefield Two, uh, Battlefront Two, right. the the single player campaign, which is it, it's pretty good. It's getting pretty you, good. Getting the Star Wars. It's, it, on. The, 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 diff, the the difficulty levels, the imbalances is is, is shocking, and I'll talk <laughs> about that in my review. But it is pretty fun. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad we're both doing that and hey if you if you wonder why all your favorite youtubers have suddenly started streaming out of the blue it might have something to do with those piss yellow check marks piss yellow <laughs> dollar signs that are making us uh fear for the sustainability of our uh, of our freaking craft online 
Yeah, I've got a new weekly schedule. I uh, get up, I'll go check my channel for any of those yellow marks, yep. and yep, that's that's our life now. Wake up, make my tea, check my email. Oh, hey, did any of my videos get monetized, demonetized in the night? Oh, a couple did. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it's not the small ones either. It's no. often the big ones. <laughs> no, it's always. Big. Here's the thing: I'll, I'll go a week, and I won't get a single demonetization. Then, like, last week, everyone got demonetized, like, every mm -hmm. new one. And I'm like, God damn it, you're stealing, you know, like, tens of 20 of dollars from me, which when you <laughs> live paycheck to paycheck means a lot. <laughs> uh, certain YouTubers out there, like uh, like Larry Bundy, he started doing a thing where I'm like, oh, fuck, am I going to have to start doing this? He's like, yeah, got one of those shitty check marks, have to appeal for it making the video unlisted until then i'm like oh god damn that's like uh that's like a cut off the finger to save the hand moment is what that is hey worked hard on this video want you to see it but sadly i won't make any money until i do this appeal because youtube's fucking me around it it sucks like for it the podcast sucks. i would consider doing that shit like okay so matt Ever since we went video, he downloads a version of it, uploads it to his channel, puts that up on the Patreon so Patreon fans can see it. Even when he just put up last week's episode, it got a piss yellow check mark on it, and it hadn't even been like officially published anywhere else yet. It was unlisted. I had l uploaded it literally five minutes prior, and no then tags, I just went no back nothing. in, went back into the video manager to get the link, and goddamn, goddamn piss, piss stain yellow. Check mark yeah. i'm like Freak. god damn it it's 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 again it's fucking stupid because it's like the way i thought it was is that like hey if you know you put anything considered too controversial in your tags you know you'll get in trouble for it and they'll like you know or your it. thumbnail or something or your yeah. thumbnail again for those keeping track the thumbnail for last week's episode was brian michael bendis's face so apparently <laughs> brian michael bendis's face is far too controversial for youtube <laughs> It's 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 up there with gun rights and you know ban all assault bendises. Yeah, all ban all Matt. I think you just have our new shirt right there. Ban all assault bendises, and it's just Brian Michael Bendis's face with like two machine guns on either side. <laughs> That's almost as funny as our bit from a couple weeks ago, where it's like, "Hey, ban all assault words," or you can have assault words, but they can only have six letters in them. If you can't get the job done with only six letters, you don't deserve to have it. That's that. When we do the end of the year leading to Christmas best of bits thing, that's that's going to be on it. <laughs> the best podcast bits. That one's going to be on there. Hey, down in the comment section below, tell us what bits we did this year that you would like to see on the best list for the end of year roundup. <laughs> I'm sure there's ones I'm forgetting. I'm sure there is. But yes, now that we've gotten that out of the way, everybody, we actually do have some news for this week. More news than I thought, actually. I figured with Punisher and Justice League coming out around the same time, I figured that would be it. That would be all. Yeah, no, but we got some, some big news. We do. The first and foremost story, <clears throat> uh, we got some promotional art for a brand new Infinity event from Marvel Comics coming in February. Hey, it's almost like you have an Infinity War movie you want to get ready for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's some event involving all the, the Infinity Stones that obviously have been appearing yeah. uh, in since Legacy. There was one, uh, have you been, you, you picked up Guardians of the Galaxy yet? Not yet, but I'm going to because I know it's important now. Yep, there's one in there and it's the size of a mountain. Oh, shit. So, okay, so they are playing with the idea of stones and gems. Good, I like that. We also see yeah. on this very same cover 
Wolverine, the returned Wolverine, holding whatever stone he had at the end of Marvel Legacy. Uh, Carol mm-hmm. is there, too. I haven't been reading the Captain Marvel book, but apparently, yeah, she also found one, too, just recently. Yep. So it looks yep. like we're going to have to jump on and start reading Captain Marvel now. By the signs <laughs> that, which, hey, I liked Captain Marvel doing the, uh, during the Kelly Sue DeConnick years. I just kind of fell off, and I kind of have like a conspiracy theory in the back of my head that G. Willow Wilson is going to take over that book soon. So I've just been sitting with my fingers crossed like any day now when she takes over, I'm going to start reading. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to start happening. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's cool. We knew they were going to do something like this despite their whole, hey, no new events for 18 months. Yeah, yeah, this is the big event. <laughs> Marvel, Marvel, you have a problem. You have a serious event problem. We need an intervention for you right now. Do you do you wonder like maybe they've maybe this was meant to come out like a little bit down the line but they pulled it up because of the whole mm. Bendis news? Possibly. Was this the last thing he worked on? They didn't say who's writing it. Yeah, yeah, it, it could very, and they could, they, they, they can now cash in on that. It's the last Marvel story by Brian right, Michael, Michael Bendis. That does kind of write itself, and it's like, well, I read the last Marvel event from him, Civil War Two, and I didn't like it. That's not a good selling point, but all right, fair enough. We'll actually be talking a little bit about that uh, down the line as well. Uh, but hey, the news didn't end there. We got a brand new miniseries coming from Marvel, too, and this one caught my eye for a number of reasons. It's called Doctor Strange Damnation. It's going to be a mini penned by the new Doctor Strange writer, Donnie Cates, but also Nick Spencer in his first work back at Marvel since the end of Secret Empire. Yeah, this is this is going to be interesting. Actually, no, that's not true. He, he penned a little comedy comic this week, not Brand Eck which I haven't read yet, but apparently is hilarious, and apparently he parodies Secret Empire in that book. Oh, that's awesome. I got her. Like, I have it. Like, this has been a huge week, and Justice League and Punisher really fucked up my schedule, but I want to read that one. I, I think I've seen the the, uh, the 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 covers for that one, and I, I was trying to figure out, is that a Marvel or an, another imprint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Doctor Strange Damnation is actually a really interesting story. This is Doctor Strange trying to resurrect Las Vegas, which, if you'll recall from Secret Empire, got blown to shit. It got fucking glassed, bro, and everyone died. Yeah, and and, and since Secret Empire, everyone's kind of forgotten about it. Yeah, you just move <laughs> no one, on. No with one your talks life. about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, after 9 11 and Columbine, people, people just moved on <laughs> with their lives. You know, it just became a background thing. I'm sure everyone on their Twitter feeds was like, hey, you know, Vegas strong, never forget. Yeah, they they got the the little like f- filters you can have on your on your photo and everything and yep. yeah, they probably had just that. But uh, yeah, I, I guess they you're right. They eventually had to deal with the fact where it's like, oh no, we destroyed a major American city in this story, <laughs> and we and we're tr- and we're kind of trying to put everything back. So I guess we really got to put this one back just just to not fuck over the next guy who wants to tell a story that happens in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> But yeah, so essentially Doctor Strange, in his attempt to uh, save Vegas, he recruits like a paranormal team of Avengers, not to be confused with the paranormal Avengers that are in Spirits of Vengeance right now, although Ghost Rider is on both teams. (laughs) Also, Iron Fist is there, and uh, Moon Knight, and uh, I forget who else was on the team. Someone else. I think Blade, maybe? Uh... Yeah, I think so. Magic magical people are on the team. He put together a group of magical folks. Actually, it's funny. Uh, with Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, and Ghost Rider, I'm like, hey, 
throw Elsa Bloodstone and Morbius in there, and that's my pitch I had for a new Midnight Suns book. <laughs> oh, Morbius will be probably getting a book because he's probably going to be getting a fucking movie soon. Oh, so. oh, we'll get to that. We'll fucking get to that. <laughs> Don't you worry. That one's that one made the list. That one made the list of Jolico, <laughs> I tell you. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to be a five-issue miniseries. Sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll read anything by Nick Spencer from now on. Me too. I, I like to where they're like, look, it's a miniseries. It's not an event. Read it if you want. You don't have to. It's not going to have a bunch of tie-ins. It's not going to be a whole thing. It's going to be a mini. I wonder if maybe this is them like looking at like DC and like, okay, they're doing like minis at the moment and they're doing really well. So maybe yeah. we should do something similar to that. Possibly. You know, it's funny. I feel like I missed the boat on Doctor Strange in a lot of ways. The Jason Aaron run, despite my big love boner for Jason Aaron and everything he writes, his Doctor Strange never hit a nerve for me. Just didn't do it. No. I never finished it. Heard amazing things about Donny Cates. He's going to be taking over Thanos soon. Maybe I'll try and get on board with this one. I know it just started soon, so now would be the time to do so. But yeah, I, this one I'll pick up, and if I like it enough, I'll probably pick up Doctor Strange too. Yeah, yeah, th this book sounds like it's going to be really interesting. Sounds like a good jumping on point, and also, hey, if you wanted some clarification for the end of Secret Empire, here's a bit of clarification for you. Yeah, yeah. Also, I think they already said Mephisto is going to be. I can't remember if they said Mephisto or Dormammu, but basically they're like, Doctor Strange messes with dark forces and ends up calling in one of those guys. Yeah, it'll be one of them. Because isn't that every Marvel magic story? <laughs> it'll be whichever one isn't booked up for that week. There you go, exactly. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of uh, Marvel, and indeed we were, and speaking of editorial shifts, which we also were, it was announced this week, longtime editor-in-chief Axel Alonso is out. New editor-in-chief C.B. Sagluski, Sibluski, Sibolski, Sibolski, thank you, Sibolski, is in. He is now the new editor-in-chief at Marvel. This came out of nowhere. This was pretty shocking, actually, and it also kind of confirms a lot of conspiracy theories that we've held online, that perhaps one of the big reasons behind Bendis' leaving is that there was an editor-in-chief job coming up, and he didn't get it. Yeah, or he wasn't offered it or anything. This, this, yeah. the, the timing on this couldn't be more suspect, and this more or less confirms yeah. that that was the case. Definitely, definitely. Which, hey, you know, I will say about uh, <laughs> CB over here, uh, he might not have written a lot of stuff you've known, but he's had his fingers in a lot of pies, and the dude has a really great track record online. In fact, I think I talked to him back when we were working at Comic Book Cast. I forget under what circumstances. I think I reviewed a book positively that he worked on. He's like, hey, thanks for it. And I'm like, oh, no need to thank me, man. He's also made great inroads recently in the last couple of years trying to grow the Marvel brand into Asian markets, especially China. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's a very worldly individual. Uh, apparently, he also did tours at the Marvel offices. Like, if you were an up-and-coming writer, he would, like, tour you around the office, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, he just sounds like a really nice guy. He is, like everything, like, and I think that's kind of what they need now in the world of editors, which again, we're going to talk about that later on, but it's like, okay, who's who's the squeakiest clean fucking teddy bear of a human being we have? Give him the top job, please. <laughs> Another cool thing about uh, CB, from what I understand, is that if you wanted to break into the comic industry and you asked him on Twitter, he would actually talk to you and actually give you pointers. 
That's cool. Yeah, that's so, cool. So just all around, a nice guy got the job is what this one yeah. seems to be. Yeah. One can only wonder what his editorial style will be, especially with a lot of the rumors uh, coming in from Marvel at the moment that many of the writers and editors feel that their hands are tied from on high and external forces at the moment. You got to wonder how he's going to deal with it. I know a lot of people are asking, like, oh, do you think he's better? Do you think he's going to bring some new ideas? And the only answer I can give right now is I think he'll be less tired than Alonzo. I think from everything you've heard... (laughs) that a lot of people just got very tired very quickly. Yeah, I think that's that's what it, it goes back to like them doing like event after event after event and just wearing people down and yeah, everyone was starting to get feel feel the burn of that and I think this is this is a good good direction for D, uh, Marvel at the moment. Yeah, I mean fresh blood was needed on high. I would maybe like to see it go a little higher, but hey, all the power in the world to CB. He seems like a cool dude. I can't wait to see what the CB era of editorial looks like. Definitely, definitely. Now, uh, from the world of comics to the world of movies, uh, Fox is deciding to make a multiple man movie starring James Franco for some reason. It's about time. The, the, the most popular character in Marvel is, is finally getting his movie. Everyone's favorite X-Men. Jamie Madrox, <laughs> the multiple man, on the big screen the way you've always wanted. Christmas came <laughs> early this year, Matt. Oh, no. We're we going to have, like, multiple James Francos on screen at once. I don't think anyone can handle multiple James Francos at once. <laughs> Some people can't even handle one James Franco, and I like James Franco. Uh, I, as long as he does his Tommy Wiseau impression while playing Jamie Madrox. Yes, that's what it needs. If we're going to see multiple James Franco, he needs to... Each each multiple man needs to be a different character he's playing. You know, <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. I'm Tommy Wiseau. And then the other one will be, like, his... Uh, uh, what is it, Spider-Man 3 character? Mm-pie. Yeah, then the other one will be that one where he was like uh, a rapper or something. That oh, movie, yeah, yeah. was it Spring Spring Breakers? Spring Breakers, one needs to be alien. <laughs> it's like, hey man, I got two of everything. <laughs> and then the other one is his character from Pineapple Express. Oh yeah, where he's just stoned. All the- it's a cross joint, man. Ooh, and then you need to get like 127 hours where one guy is just trapped under a rock the whole movie and jerks off at one point. <laughs> man, I was against this movie. Now I'm all about this movie. Uh, why why multiple men of all characters <laughs> hey hey we own the rights to him and apparently james franco wants to be in a superhero movie and he's interested so we're gonna do this <sighs> whatever <laughs> i bet that's exactly what this is like james franco came to them and was like hey i want to be in one of them superhero movies and marvel said no what do you got for me I like to think it was like him and and Seth Rogen were just like sitting around getting stoned and they're like, dude, we're we're like so famous at the moment. Let's go to like like Fox Marvel and just say like we want to do multiple man and they'll give it to us. <laughs> I can imagine them like, hey man, hey man, hey, let's 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 call Fox and see what they'll let <laughs> yeah. us do. Yeah. Oh, they said yes. <laughs> what? Oh fuck! Now we gotta do shit. <laughs> It's like, yeah, Seth, you're doing really good right now with, like, uh, the boys and the preacher and everything. You know, I, I, I want a project like this for myself. How about multiple men? I imagine they had, like, the X-Men encyclopedia open and they just threw a dart at one of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, hey, let's do that then. <laughs> now, hey, this, for all we know, this could be another Logan Deadpool level success because it feels like... Definitely. We, it feels like we talked shit about those movies until we actually saw them. 
like that kind of, even gifted too. It's like, man, we talked a lot of shit about these Fox X Men related properties until we saw them. I'm like, oh, this was pretty good. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know a lot about Multiple Man. I don't think anyone really does. Um, but you could probably make like a good like crime film out of it, like yeah. a heist film or something. You know, he's there. He's a very smart character, so you could play like the genius side of him. You could get like some good laughs yeah. over just the fact of like, hey, what would you do if you could be in a dozen places at once? Definitely, definitely. He's he's always been a player in the X-Men universe. There's a lot of stuff you could draw on for him. He's not, like, unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't have to make up a bunch. He's not like Steppenwolf or something. Yeah, yeah we'll get to that. We'll get to that, too, don't you worry. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a little preview, everybody. That's what's called priming the pump for what's to come next. <laughs> and you know what? Hey, I, I put this down later in the thing, but because we're talking about Fox, we might as well keep the Fox-centric stories together. Uh, the trailer for Deadpool 2 came out this week, and what a teaser. <laughs> that was so great. The, a, the goddamn Bob Ross parody. A pitch-fucking-perfect Bob Ross parody from Ryan Reynolds, who, man, 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 he really gets when he's talking about the colors. <laughs> oh, the colors like Betty White. <laughs> that is great, where it's like they're all saying, and girls of indigo. <laughs> And Golden Girls, and just like, yeah, just every color is named after a TV show or movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's also just a big, like, three-minute-long masturbation joke. We're just going to whack it off. We're just going to whack it off right there. <laughs> yeah, like, you beat that like it owes you money. Money. <laughs> God, I love cocaine. <laughs> they they actually played that in my screening of Justice League, that exact trailer, and that's the only line they cut. It's from I uh, I love cocaine to I love snow, and I'm like, really? All the masturbation jokes were fine, but you had to take out the cocaine reference. <laughs> what a what a weird world we live in, North American MPAA. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a big long joke. It's a pitch perfect Bob Ross impression, and then eventually we see a couple clips from the movie. Yeah, did did you did you did you see the the synopsis they released for it as well? Yes, that was just all fucking gibberish. <laughs> it was amazing, and that's probably what the film's going to be. I, I love that they're taking the ridiculousness and the meta nature of Deadpool, and they're just like you know milking it for all it's worth. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't go too far. Yeah, that's the problem where it's like, ooh, you had me, but you went too far. Uh, and and the couple of the clips we see are actually you know like quite interesting. We see Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Uh, she's grown her hair out now and has probably one of the best-looking X-Men student costumes ever with the black and yellow. Yeah, I, I bet Brian Singer is, like, kicking himself for making a joke about yellow spandex. Yeah. It a works. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently every other director, Brian, can do yellow spandex just fine. Apparently you're the weirdo with the hang-up. Yeah, who'd prefer leather yeah. or whatever those costumes that were in X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, whatever the hell that was about. Uh, we get a couple of uh, flashes there of Cable. Some of the smaller characters come back. Al is back in the movie. The cab dra driver is back in the movie, too. So it basically seems to be, hey, everything you liked about the first one, but now there's more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, time will tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I know we were kind of apprehensive about it because it's like, oh, they lost not only the director, but one of the biggest driving forces behind getting the whole thing made. That doesn't bode well. No, no, it doesn't. But they got one of the John Wick guys to do it. They did, so if nothing else, the action will be friggin' awesome. Yeah. So that's always good. And uh, moving on from there to more, I can't believe they're actually talking about making this news. We alluded to it before, but Sony wants to grow. Grow their Amazing Spider-Man universe even further with a 
Morbius movie. Yeah, the uh, another movie of Marvel's biggest character that everyone wants a movie of. Morbius the Living Vampire. What's well, what's he doing? What's what, 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 what's his journey? You know, what's what are his dreams? It's gonna be they they're gonna cut it down. It's gonna be, you know what it is. They saw um, uh, New Mutants trailer. Hey, people oh. like them horror them horror comics now. Like, we'll we'll do that because we have Mobius. Yeah, who, who, who do we own? Morbius. He's a vampire, right? Well, technically, he's a living vampire. What's that? Shut up. You had me at vampire. <laughs> yeah, are vampires cool again? Are they cool? Uh, I don't know. It's like, well, this will be in development forever. So by the time we get it out, it might be. <laughs> so let's just run with this. Look, the only way I'll be okay with a Morbius movie is if they do him exactly like he was in Spider-Man the Animated. It's his, oh, Felicia, plasma, oh, I've got suckers on my hands, oh. <laughs> I just want him to be a whiny weirdo is what I want. That's all I want from that movie. Oh, no. <laughs> Michael Morbius, I just can't catch a break. Wackety schmackety do. <laughs> I hope he has a horrible, like, Euro trash haircut. That's all I want from that. Yeah, just get Tommy Wiseau to play him. You know, he looks like a vampire, so you're basically halfway there. James, you got James Franco already. <laughs> James... Just, just lend, lend him over to Sony and have him play Tommy Wiseau playing Mobius. Because everyone thought Tommy Wiseau was a vampire. That's true. Friggin' man, James Franco, he's getting all the work, man. He's Morbius and he's the multiple <laughs> man at the same time. The, Shit. The, the multiple man news was to throw off people's scent. That's to the Mobius movie. It was a false flag <laughs> operation to hide you from the truth, and that is they're launching the James Franco cinematic universe now. Where he plays every character. Yeah, it's like the Dark Universe, but with James Franco, <laughs> and probably more successful. And probably more successful. Hey, let's 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 pour a forty out on the curb for the Dark Universe, or not? Because who cared? Yeah, that's a 40. That's expensive. Yeah. Cost more. In another perfect example of who was this for? (laughs) Like, you got to love Hollywood. Like, you must really get insulated as a big Hollywood executive and the people with the power and the clout to make these movies where it's just like, okay, what do people really want? Well, they love shared universes. They love colorful characters. Hey, we own these universal monsters, right? So let's make a movie with Tom Cruise and nobody and... Yeah, I mean that'll just write itself, right? Yeah, he 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 can fight Russell Crowe, who gets a little bit angry, <laughs> but 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 that's it. And and then yeah, he'll fight a, a woman and then kill her and then become the mummy himself. It's it's a deep story, man. Hey, you know, and then I imagine some like poor little underpaid intern is like, <clears> well, well, actually, sir, you know, we kind of tried to do a shared monster universe once before with that Dracula uprising movie. Shut the fuck up get at that, <laughs> that movie didn't, didn't exist but but it totally and, did though in fact we dropped a lot of weird references like that was supposed to be the start of a dark universe oddly enough that film was the better one. Oh jesus christ <laughs> that's rough you know what the best thing about dracula untold is or dracula uprising or whatever the fuck it was called is that when I interviewed David Kay many years ago, he's like a famous voice actor he's from the same town as me he'll occasionally do like cleanup for, like, actors who, like, if they can't get them back in to do recordings and everything. And that trailer, it was supposed to be Christopher Lee doing voiceover for it. And they're like, yeah, Christopher Lee won't come in and do it. You know, he did it once. We need someone to fix it. And David Kay's like, that's fine. I do an excellent Christopher Lee impression. Pay me for it. 
<laughs> and I'm like, man, that's the job I need just to be a really good enough mimic to be like, yeah, so and so fucked up. Can you fake their voice and get through this trailer? <laughs> It's also great, too, because it's like, well, Christopher Lee's already been Dracula once, many times, in fact, and uh, he has killed people, so we don't want to get him to come in here, and we don't want to make him mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, can you just do it? We're all just terrified of Christopher Lee. He's like 80 years old, he sings in a metal band, he killed people in <laughs> World War II. Yeah, let's not fucking piss him off. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not make this man angry, because he will just, like, punch us in the throat. <laughs> But yeah, Morbius, everybody. Yeah, the movie everyone's looking forward to. Wackety schmackety vampires. <laughs> It'll be a thing. Uh, hey, so moving on to uh, more comic book news, this time in the realm of DC. Wonder Woman and Batman to star in a brand new Brave and the Bold miniseries from Greg Rucka. Cool. It's, cool. Ru- it's Rucka, so I'm in. I can only imagine the pitch meeting for this. is like, okay, so Wonder Woman's really popular in the movies. In fact, she might be the only one that's universally liked by everybody. How can we put her in more things? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's the Wonder Woman cinematic universe now. Um, yeah, the, this seems pretty interesting. I, I like some of Greg Rucka's stuff on, on Wonder Woman. His new Rebirth stuff was really great. It was. Uh, so I'm really interested to do that. And, and DC have been really hitting it out of the ballpark with these minis. So I imagine this won't be any different. We uh, we get the demon hell on earth this week, too. I finally get to read about some Etrigan again. Yeah. Gone, gone, the flesh of man. Reveal the demon Etrigan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Any, any character that has a rhyme is so over <laughs> with me. <laughs> Any character that has a thing I can say, I'm just totally on board for. It's funny, with the success of Wonder Woman, I'm honestly surprised that they haven't tried to do an in-universe resurrection of Sensation Comics, because there was, you know, Batman has Detective, Superman has Action, Wonder Woman had Sensation Comics, I'm surprised they haven't tried to bring back Sensation. That way Wonder Woman can have two books. Yeah, well... <laughs> Are they doing? Have they done that with the the on on digital yes, comic? Yes, Gail Is Simone that, wrote a digital yeah. sensation comics for a little bit, but it yeah. wasn't in continuity. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if they did yeah, an in continuity th- version and said, "Hey, Greg, do you just want to write this now, and you can write Wonder Woman however you want," that'd be pretty cool. That would seem like a nice compromise. Hell, if this does good, maybe they will. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, as you said, she's getting really popular. Everyone really loves her, so. Hottest yeah. Halloween costume for women this year, and with good reason. Yeah. And for men as well. And for, <laughs> and for a certain type of man, too, which, hey, you know, <laughs> show off them legs. If you got it, flaunt it, as they say. <laughs> More power to you. More power. You are braver than I, <laughs> sir. I, I do not have the legs to pull that off. <laughs> Oh, it would be terrifying. And, uh, hey, speaking of Wonder Woman, and we absolutely were, in a follow-up from a story we talked about last week, and that is Gal Gadot threatening to no-show Wonder Woman 2 if Brett Ratner's Rat Pack Productions uh, was involved with it, given his recent uh, uh, allegations. Not even allegations. Everyone fucking knows he did it. Women have been saying for years that he did it. Olivia Munn came out and said, oh, oh, when Gal Gadot says it, you listen to her, but I've been saying it for years and no one listened to me. Yeah, well, you know, you weren't in Wonder Woman. Yeah, so. you, you, you were Psylocke. No, I'm, I'm sorry, Olivia Munn. I, I, I feel shitty, Olivia. Even, even, uh, what is it? Megan Fox piped up, and it's like, oh, oh, when I was saying shit about Michael Bay for years, everyone laughed me off. But now that like it's legit, <laughs> the comic multiverse would like to apologize to Megan Fox and Olivia Munn. Are bad. 
Not, I mean, I mean, not just our bad. The guys who did bad things, it was their fault too. But you know, <laughs> culturally. But yeah, so apparently the good guys won out on this one, and yeah, Rat Pack Entertainment not going to see them in the next DC film, and you're certainly not going to see them in Wonder Woman. Yeah, I'm probably um, not going to see them in anything WB related, maybe. Which is, while I do applaud them for doing what they did, and that was really great of them. Um, they are a pretty big part of Warner Brothers. Like a big, huge chunk of their money comes from Rat Pack to help produce these movies, including the DC movies. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what happens financially yeah. with them. I mean, it's Hollywood. Everyone's got their hands out. I'm sure. I'm sure because this is the modern age of filmmaking. I'm sure there's a Chinese entertainment company out there who would <laughs> love to give some money to get in on these big American movies. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm certain of it there. I'm sure it'll be like, huh, the Wei Sheng Company. I'll be. <laughs> oh, is, yes, I know them. The is, American institution. Yeah, yes. Yeah, the Wei Shen <laughs> Company. We are as American as apple pie we are. <laughs> we are a name you can trust. We are a family-run company, the Wei Shen Company. Yeah. We, we like the basid balls. Yes. <laughs> and the haunted dogs. Uh, I think you're a little off there. Our money is still green. All right, then. <laughs> Brother, that's all you had to say. Uh, and hey, speaking of justice being served across the board and following up on stuff from last week, uh, Eddie Berganza, longtime Superman editor, longtime problem, and well-reported scumbag. Uh, last week he was on leave. This week he's officially been fired. Yeah, well, I, as I said when the news broke, has he been fired or has, has he been quote-unquote fired? Mm. They seem to be saying he's fired, fired, but again, that's not to say he can't pop up in any of these other imprints that they're doing. I mean, he probably won't, not right away, because that'll be a PR no. nightmare. Mm -hmm. But as I've said before, as long as Bob Harris is in power at DC, which he does, don't be shocked if his buddy, you know, shows up somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but but now there 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 is an opening, and they just hired someone named Brian Michael Bendis. Say what? <laughs> what? So yeah, him him getting the, like the editorial of, of the Superman books would be kind of interesting. That would be crazy because he seems to want an editorial job. And again, I don't know a lot about the inner workings of comic book companies. I I mean, I probably know more than most average Joes. But I'm guessing an editor job is probably a steadier paycheck and you don't have to, like, you know, keep meeting deadlines as a writer. Yeah. Or if, like, he, he either doesn't want that job or he has another job lined up for him, give it to Peter Tomasi. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, I would love to see Tomasi edit on Superman. Of course, that might create a bit of, what do they call it, a conflict of interest because he's writing two <laughs> Superman family books at the moment. It's like, well, yeah, obviously everything I say is good and goes. And it's fine. <laughs> you've come too. You've got too much power now, Peter. You have to stop. <laughs> In the words of Kanye, one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking. I just count the hour. <laughs> power corrupts, man. It sure does. Yeah, I, I really do wonder what's like. Okay, well, who's going to be the new editor now in Superman? Yeah, and that also means that because when we talked about when the allegations first came out a couple of weeks ago, um. 
women didn't want to work for him no. on the Superman books, which yes. means now we have the possibility of getting some really great female writers on the books. Come on, Gail Simone. Come on, Gail <laughs> Simone. Come on back. Now, I see, I think Gail Simone, I think that's one of the reasons Gail Simone never came back, but I think there's mm-hmm. other reasons Gail Simone doesn't come back to DC as well. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens now. Yeah. Although that's not entirely true because she's writing that Wonder Woman Conan crossover right now, so there's always hope. Yeah, that's true. That, but that's like digital. That's like the back room DC yeah. stuff. That's well. Here's the thing. As I've said before, D- DC Digital, like your injustices and everything that you like, completely different office, completely mm-hmm. separate completely its own thing which is both a blessing and a curse because that's probably why injustice was allowed to be as good as it was during one of the shakier periods of dc comics because it was other people handling it yeah totally with much with much more oversight and it probably didn't hurt too hey these comics are shorter and come out more frequently so they're easier to edit Mm -hmm. yeah just just a thought just a thought and uh, with that, everyone, we're done the news for this week. Way more than I thought there was going to be. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, but uh, now that that's done, we can finally hop on into the main event of this episode. It's what you've all been waiting for, what I'm sure some people have been dreading, and what I'm sure some people are already <laughs> typing angry comments. No, that's not true. Our, <laughs> our fans are really solid about spoiler casts. If you listen this far in the show to hear the spoiler cast, it's probably because you're like a true blue fan and know what we're about and everything. And you probably know what we're about to say. That too. If you want to sling <laughs> shit, you you wouldn't have listened this far, and you wouldn't have listened to all the new stuff. But yeah, Justice League. I'll just come right out and say it. Uh, didn't hate it, only because I didn't feel anything very strong for it at all. Yeah, no. I went into the movie knowing it was probably going to be subpar, and when it was, I was like, "Well, that happened." It's it's like a cracker, is what it is. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is food. This is technically food. It, it's it doesn't taste of anything doesn't taste of anything but it doesn't taste bad it certainly yeah, it, doesn't... it's got a little bit of salt on it so yeah, it's got it, a little it, bit of a taste it's got some salt i came in hungry i left you know like oh yeah, this was good you know that 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 hit the spot i'm still i'm still gonna want a meal later that's you know more substantial and maybe has some nutritional value to it but i'm not <laughs> mad at it i'm not mad i don't know if i had to go out and pay 20 dollars for it but you know if maybe when it came out on DVD, I'd eat this cracker at home. And this this allegory is just breaking the fuck down, isn't it? If, if, if I ordered crackers to my house via a pizza and paid less and then put the cracker in my DVD player, I still would have enjoyed it. <laughs> and then someone would have been like, I think Joel's finally cracked. He's ordering crackers and putting them in his DVD drive. Yeah, what the fuck happened? This movie ruined him. <laughs> I think he's got a touch of the dementia now. <laughs> Oh, no, we got to put him in the padded room now. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, Justice League, uh, I I guess let's start to the beginning and just work our way forward. Uh, It's an unspecified amount of time after Batman v Superman, and the whole world is mourning Superman's death. For some reason, it's it's making people crazy for some reason. Yeah, they're mourning his death despite the fact that at the end of Batman v Superman... He was still a controversial figure, and was his name ever officially cleared? I know Lois was working on clearing his name for all wrongdoings and everything, but did that did that ever happen, or were they just so wrapped up in like, oh, Superman died? 
Yeah, and and in the end of it as well, he still ended up fighting something that was from Krypton, from yeah. his home world, like in the first movie, which is the reason why everyone hated him. So, but why why are people going crazy that he's not around, but there's they, still other heroes around? They play very fast and loose with how much people actually know about what went down in the finale of Batman v Superman. They very much try and have it both ways. Yep. They they really try and have it both ways. Batman is trying to assemble a team now because, you know, he got a bunch of files off Luther's computer. He got he got the sizzle reels for all the other movies. He also got files from Amanda Waller at the end of Suicide Squad, which they never mention. No, no, they never mention that at all. So so much for a stinger when they don't bother to mention it. It's like, yeah, and he got the files for the Justice League from Amanda Waller, but he also got them from Lex Luthor too. He got the exact yeah, same he, files. Yeah, the literally exact same stuff. Jeez, it's like these things have multiple writers and multiple reshoots and rewritings and everything, and they didn't know what yeah. was going to be important. And for some reason, he, we are coupled with the death of Superman, parademons are now going around capturing people because like they Justice League War. they feed on fear. Yeah, they're yellow lanterns now, apparently. Yeah, and and when when they die, they burst into a map of the mother boxes, which is really convenient. It is. It is very convenient. Really convenient for any hero running around and Luther being like, "Ah, yes, that symbol matches exactly what was here in Luther's notebook." I'm like, "Oh yeah," because Luther was talking to the new gods in the deleted scene of Batman v Superman. This makes that video I made about ultimate cuts even more relevant because now they're picking and choosing what's canon and what's not. Yeah. So out of the two cuts, there's stuff in one cut that's canon with the extended cut, which is canon with this, but other stuff isn't. Yeah, here's here's really hoping you saw the extended cut because if not, you're probably <laughs> – I mean you're going to be confused regardless because, again, they pick and choose what's canon and what's not. Yeah. Also, you know, uh, in the time after Superman's death – Batman loves Superman now and they were best friends and he calls him Clark and he says that he's putting this team together for him despite the fact that they had maybe two out of costume conversations in Batman v Superman one was unpleasant and they only made up 10 seconds after he tried to murder him <laughs> yeah yeah they he murdered him and then yeah five minutes after that Superman dies also, Batman is, like, smiling and cracking jokes now because that's the new thing, and there's no character reason given as to why he's smiling and cracking jokes that, now. All that uh, drinking wine and taking medication at the same time caught up to him, and it's yeah. just, like, complete... Alfred's been sneaking, like, cocaine into his into his coffee or something. No, he's been sneaking antidepressants into his food is what he's been doing. <laughs> Man, that's what they need in the ultimate cut. The reason everyone is suddenly happy now for no reason is that Alfred has been slowly drugging them with happy pills. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Please let that be the new lore. <laughs> uh, the first person he seeks to recruit is The Flash, played by Ezra Miller, who thankfully left his man bun at home. Yeah, instead of going for Diana, he goes for, you know, the person he knows and has connections with all this stuff. He goes for someone who is an idiot, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Oh, no, he's not a – he's just a millennial. He's just a quirky millennial, Matt. Yeah, somebody's on the autism spectrum. Okay, um, that, again, man, that is such a button for me. I complained about this in Power Rangers, and I'll complain about this too. Why, when a character is smart and awkward in a Hollywood movie, 
they all also have to be on the autism spectrum somewhere. Yeah. And they, and they yeah. never mention it again in the rest of the movie. He's like, oh, well, I don't do well in groups. So I have trouble interacting with people. Really? You seem to be doing fine. Yeah, yeah, you're talking with someone. You're looking them in the eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're doing that just fine. Now, if that was part of like a cut subplot and maybe it was about him being like, oh, yeah, you self-diagnosed yourself with autism. You're actually fine. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I said in my review. Like, like Ezra Miller's Flash, he was fine for like the first 10 minutes and then it just became more of the same. And you're like, we get it. We we, we get it. You're, Stop. You're, you're the funny one. Or at least... At some point in the development of this movie, I'm sure the idea was, okay, the Flash will be the funny one, even though mm -hmm. Wally West is the funny Flash, not Barry, but hey, the TV show yeah. made the same mistake, so I won't hold the movie, I won't hold that the movie against it. But yeah, then eventually just everyone becomes like a quip machine, and Barry isn't special anymore. And it's jarring when it happens as well. Yeah, a little bit. Also, it's funny too, they seem to like very like play fast and loose with what the Flash has been doing with his life. It's like, oh yeah, his mother was murdered and his father went to jail for a crime he didn't commit. Well, what's Barry been doing all this time? Eh, being a homeless person, basically. Yeah, a squatter. Yeah, a squatter. With an awesome lair, though. He's built a hell of a lair. I'm like, I'm going to guess he didn't pay for those things. I'm going to guess he used his speed <laughs> powers to steal all that stuff. Yeah, so, he, so he's a criminal on top of that. Um. But when he does it, it's fine, though. Look, he, he totally asked for all that, you know, NASA material to build his suit, though, for the greater good. Yeah, yeah, you know, he just bought that off eBay in an auction. It was really cheap. He, he also says how it's like, oh, you know, I've never been in a fight before as the Flash. Well, you built a suit. You picked out a name for yourself, and you beat up Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad. I know that's not a great fight, but still, you were doing stuff, though. Again, stop selling yourself so short, Flash. And again, stuff that they reference in other films, but don't even reference here. That is, is, it was meant to be built up in other films. And again, it's Suicide Squad, so is that movie not in canon anymore? <laughs> They're picking and choosing what's in canon. Yeah, I didn't hate Ezra Miller. I thought he was fine. Not every one of his jokes hit. I will say that as far as, like, the cast goes, he does better with the Whedon-esque material, the very, you know, like, peppy dialogue than anyone else does. A lot of the other actors struggle with it. Yeah, I think the only thing he really needs to work on is how to run. Yeah, okay, can we talk about that too? Which, again, might not even be his fault. Because, again, a lot of this movie looks like it was made in a computer. That might have just been the animator's fault. But, yeah, he runs like this. He runs like Steven Seagal runs. If you've never seen Steven Seagal run, look him up on YouTube. There's, like, a compilation of him running. It runs like that. Which, again, who who moves their arms like this when they run? <laughs> I don't know. Is it, was it like, did they film him on a green screen? Because this is like the only thing I can think. Did they film him on like a green screen with like ski poles and like he was doing like an alpine ski it, thing? It looks like they did film him on a green screen but like told him to run in place. Whereas in, whereas in like the TV show they make him actually run down the street or run on like treadmill yeah. or something to – to simulate that whereas in this they made him oh just stand in front of that green screen and just run on the spot yeah just just run also too the speed force in the movie is just so volatile it's like exploding everywhere and leaving it's just extreme man it's extreme it's so hardcore man it's it's extreme speed force i'm reminded very much of red letter media when they were talking about uh what is it star trek and they're like you have to hypercharge the action <laughs> it's not enough that he can run fast he needs to also leave a bunch of lightning in his wake that it's everything.
And it's very selective as well because yes. when he visits his father at Iron Heights, he, he speeds and draws that stuff on the guy's face, but there's no lightning or no. anything. No, not in that shot it was because that was probably a reshoot. Yeah. Because uh, basically everything that was a ha-ha-ha joke in this movie feels like, oh, oh, you put this in post, didn't you? And I can tell because you filmed the person very close up, which means the actors weren't there on the same day, huh? All the people that, that saw this movie in previews and said that that it was seamless between the reshoots and this are, are fucking liars. <laughs> you can, there is there is markers you can use to, oh, yeah. to show that's a reshoot, that's a reshoot, that's half a reshoot. You, you know it's a reshoot because no one ever talks face-to-face for huge chunks of this movie. Like uh, Silas yep. Stone, when he was talking to the janitor, it's like, oh, hi, Mr. Janitor. Shot, reverse <laughs> shot. We clearly weren't here on the same day. Also, the background is really blurry because we probably superimposed him here and that's to create the effect of a blur but it's because they weren't standing there <laughs> there's like uh other stuff like um there's a scene in i think it was the bat cave where they're talking and then it cuts to bruce going in and taking off his armor and stuff and then wonder woman comes in and she suddenly got this massive t- red tablecloth around her and i asked people on twitter and apparently that was that was mainly probably to hide gal Gadot's pregnancy and i'm like because it's just it just happens just next shot she's in this big tablecloth (laughs) yeah my uh, my favorite moment of clearly a reshoot is when they're all standing together on the steps of that building confronting superman who's come back to life and they all have like a pithy one-liner to deflect how scared they are (laughs) but again they're standing in a straight line but they don't talk to each other to the person directly next to them. It's a like, close-up. Yeah, like a normal person would do. It's a straight-up close-up on Jason Momoa's face as he says his line directly to the audience. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I guess they couldn't have gotten you all back on the same day, huh? And in costume, so you had to say that joke directly to the audience, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's sad. <laughs> that joke probably would have hit better, too, if you had everyone together. Yeah, if you actually saw who was standing next to them. Yeah. <laughs> and it gave a reaction. Yeah, movie making's hard. Yeah, so, uh, well, just talking about Superman, let's talk about him. Yes. <laughs> they, they solved the Superman problem of never having anything for him to do in any of these DC movies by not having him in most of the movie. Yeah, yeah, he's either not in the movie or if he is, 90%, I guarantee you either 90 or even 100% of his stuff has been reshot because... There's a, there's a scene near the end of the movie where he's literally lying on the floor laughing with Cyborg, and I'm like, that's not a Snyder shot. That's a, that's a weird yeah. shot. Yeah, most definitely. Heck, uh, the bit it's, where he... It's, or no, go ahead. I was going to say, it's it's so obvious what was reshot with him and what wasn't. Yeah. But heck, uh, also, too, you know, a lot has been made, and Twitter has had a field day with it, the fact that, you know... They had to bring Henry Cavill back. He had taken another movie role where he had to grow like a big walrus mustache. And they're like, well, he can't cut it for the other movie. <laughs> so we got to like, you know, put a little green tape on there to like digitally remove it. They do such a bad job of it. It's literally shocking. It This movie cost $300 million before before um, marketing. And... Yeah. This, it looks absolutely horrible. They basically CGI out his entire lower jaw and replace it with someone who has marbles in their mouth. Yeah, he he looks monstrous. And of course, the movie starts where we're just, it's like, okay, look, if you had to, if you had to take the mustache off, that's fine. I get it. Then stop showing him in such close-ups, please. Oh my god. 
the please closer- stop drawing attention to it. I think they did that because they they're like, oh, we can't we can't do this technology. They can't do the CGI in like a, a medium shot or a, a far away shot because it wouldn't look very good. We'll just every shot now will just be like close up, like right into his face. So we've got the most detail we can have, and they still made it look bad. And the movie opens with one of these scenes, and it looks awful. It's like I can't believe you opened with that. He's looking at me like a slack jawed ghoul. Why? let's just talk about that opening because it's filmed on a camera with like kids he's like helping people like superman would is it obvious 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 whedon reshoot um we need to remind (laughs) people that superman's a good guy because that's kind of up in the air right now and i I just found it funny because you can see when the the video was taking place it was like in in 2015 or something so Mm -hmm. before batman v superman so like before that he was saving people and everything and then he turned into like a mopey uh, Dingus, yeah. freak guy who who like doesn't want to help people for for one movie and then come back and be want to want to help people again that's that's so indicative <sighs> of this cinematic superman and that is all the heroic stuff all the actual superman stuff yeah he did that in between movies either in between movies or when another director has control over him <laughs> yeah it's like when the camera was turned off uh one thing i was pleasantly surprised about while we're continuing to go down the team members uh, Ray Fisher as Cyborg, again, as I mentioned, this movie takes a ton of reference from Justice League War, and because of that, Cyborg actually has a lot to do. See, I, I didn't think he, he he looked like he did, but he really didn't. He was just kind of there, going, I'm the monster, everyone hates me, well, please, I, I, can, team... I can control the mother boxes, exactly. and I'm important, he, he's but a team not really. member and a plot device, he gets to be two things. Yeah. Yeah, he's literally a plot device. In fact, no, no one really finds him. He finds them, like by by using his elite hacksaw skills to get in the computer. And he's he's literally uploaded a bunch of stuff about the mother box. It's like, oh, I know the plot now. <laughs> yeah, I found the script online. I found the script, man. Now I know everything. Uh, I, I, say, I read those four chan leaks. <laughs> yeah, the the dude has a real presence to him, which I guess he should because he's a stage actor and uh, he's got a really cool voice too it's a it's a really cool voice i'm just like it's a shame that he was made to play that character because they he looks awful i mean cyborg was always going to be a bit of a crapshoot in justice league because he only joined the team officially in the comics like six years ago yeah he's like a new member which yeah again it it kind of shocks me that they did him and not like maybe set him up for like a sequel or something yeah well again we were we were going off the justice league war template you know everyone's favorite justice league story war yeah, yeah. We were using that as the template, so he was going to be put in there. Oh, oh, let's, uh, again, when we talk about plot holes and inconsistency, here's a great one with Cyborg. So we hear in the movie that uh, the mother boxes only reactivated on Earth following Superman's death. But in Batman v Superman, we see Cyborg get created by his father with the help of a fully activated mother box. Well, Superman was very much alive. <laughs> Again, again, they're picking and choosing, and and even then, like in that scene, like that was that scene where you see all the the Justice League members in their in their uh, sizzle reel. Uh, in that scene, you see um, Aquaman. He has like part of his armor and and trident on. He doesn't get the trident and armor until 
Justice League. No, he has to. They make they make a point to show that they do. He has to pick that up. He has to actually go find that shit. Which actually, hey, let's let's move to Aquaman for a second and another one of my favorite inconsistencies. This this one I came up with. I think I'm the first one to hit upon this. This got like a hundred shares on Twitter. So Batman, as we mentioned, got files from Amanda Waller with pictures. He got mm-hmm. video files from Lex Luthor on potential Justice League members. Yet he doesn't recognize Aquaman when he's standing right in front of him. Yeah, yeah, literally standing next to the person he's talking to. Oh, no, he was actually talking to him because he was translating. translating. Oh, my God. (laughs) World's greatest detective does not know the man he's looking for when he's standing right in front of him, to which many people on Twitter have been like, no, he was being coy, man. He was using strategy. He didn't want Aquaman to run. Okay. If that's true, then there's there's five problems with that, actually. Um, why did he get jumped by a super strong Aquaman when he has files that would have told him about his powers and strengths? Uh, why did he get the whole town involved if he didn't already know what he looked like? Why that did that now a, know who he's Batman. Who now know that he's Batman. Why did they make a big point of Bruce needing to see the mural on the wall to put it all together? Which, again, they certainly didn't do that for the fans and the audience. We've seen the other movies. We know who Aquaman is. That was there for him. Uh, Another one, Batman grew a big beard in between because he has like 5 o'clock shadow when the movie starts and... He shaves. He sh- there's that scene of him on the plane when he's flying to, I think, to where Aquaman is, and he's like, he shaves, and then he gets there, and he's got a beard. He's uh, well, again, he he needs to <laughs> shave because you know we need to get that Gillette sponsorship in because Gillette is the best a Batman can get. Uh, yeah. So so like he's grown a beard in between. So clearly he's been looking for a long time for Aquaman to finally show up. Like, he's probably been there about a week, given the beard growth. And yeah, and yet in all that time, he didn't know who Aquaman when he was standing right in front of him. World's greatest yeah, he detective. Yeah, d- he, did, he didn't read those files. No, you know? no. He's like, oh, I got Alfred to skim them for me. I don't read my own shit. <laughs> I didn't become Batman to read. You know, uh, here's the thing. I, I bet you I know how that scene was supposed to go. Because again... That's shot in a shot reverse shot with Momoa. We never actually see them standing together until they start fighting in the bit from the trailer. I bet how it was supposed to go was Batman talks to the town. He's been there for a bit. Maybe even the movie was supposed to open with this and the shave came later to imply Mm -hmm. that he'd been out there for a while. Then, you know, they don't tell him. And then Aquaman comes striding in and they get into their fight from the trailer. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Maybe that that scene with him rescuing the, the 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 that that fisherman and then drinking that that whiskey like a like like the badass he is and throwing it was meant to be sort of all be in the same scene. I get the feeling that that scene was heavily rejiggered. I bet it was supposed to come much earlier in the movie, but again. We need a joke here because Aquaman has a joke. They actually have a, a pretty funny exchange where it's like, you know, oh, he knows what they're saying, but he doesn't. And, you know, he kind of like makes fun of them, which again, didn't Batman travel around the world? Isn't Batman supposed to be a G? How does Batman not speak Scandinavian? He spoke a little Russian in Batman v Superman. <laughs> Well, what I don't, yeah, like this is Batman. He's always got a got a plan. He'd be he wouldn't go into like this this city not knowing who they are, what they speak. Mm. You know, he he wouldn't just stand in front of people talking a foreign language, not understanding what they're talking about. They yeah. could be talking about killing him. Exactly. And and yeah, 
it doesn't make it world's greatest detective. I thought I thought that was going to be the point of the scene. I'm like, oh, this is a really cool idea. They're going to think they have one over on Batman, but he's going to yeah. start talking to them in their language, like duh, 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 I've known what you've been saying this whole time. <laughs> oh, fuck, he knew. But no, no, they they didn't do that. Uh, no, 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 and 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 also tacked onto the end of that scene is basically um, uh, the the member berries of uh of Aquaman the movie coming out mm-hmm. in next year. They 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 go to go to Atlantis, which is completely empty, um, yeah. and and looks awful. They're holding their breath again. They're holding their breath again. They, they it, also it, imply that Aquaman has like rarely ever been to Atlantis before. He's not a king. He's meeting Mira for the first time. Yeah, well, no, well, apparently there was a scene... Yeah, that was a reshoot, apparently, with James Wan. Oh, holy shit. Apparent, apparently, uh, it's a rumor, but apparently that was like a James Wan reshoot. Can, um, can we also say, too, where it's like, oh, we're Atlanteans, we breathe underwater, but let me create a oxygen bubble <laughs> for us to talk to each other. They couldn't figure out how to do the technology to make people talk while they're still underwater. <laughs> that scares the shit out of me for Aquaman, where I'm like, oh my god, if you had Is to all the that- talking scenes in Atlantis now going to be in a bubble? There's, is there going to be like a special room that's like a bubble? Because <laughs> like, that was the thing I was most interested about for Aquaman. It's like, oh, how are they going to get around this? Are they just going to talk like normal people underwater? Are yeah. there going to be subtitles? Are they going to work out like a psychic thing? Yeah, telepathy or something. That's what okay. I thought was going to happen in this movie when he's confronted mirror they're just going to start talking with their minds or something no nope, oxygen bubble yeah yeah and apparently in that scene um willem defoe's character was meant to be in that scene but he got cut <laughs> also too can we say this aquaman unlike any version of aquaman in anything ever he's basically a new character yeah yeah the only version that comes even close is the version from the animated movie uh, Throne of Atlantis, which from what I understand was actually being developed alongside the movie at a point, and they wanted that movie to introduce the new Bromoa-E version of the character. No, no. <laughs> but because schedules got all screwed up, and this one ended up getting pushed out later, the animated one ended up coming out first, and then the Cullen Bunn version where he was all angry and everything crashed and burned, so like they, they tried to seed this, they tried to signpost the new Aquaman, but it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, as you said before, it, it scares me for what what Aquaman is going to be like. I I have a little bit of faith in James Wan. He's different from Zack Snyder and everything. He might make it. Might be like a Patty Jenkins situation with yeah. Wonder Woman. But yeah, the 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 underwater tech. And I I brought that brought this up and got blasted on Twitter. Why didn't they just build like a couple of like sets and then do that dry for wet thing over it so they have some reference? Because here they don't have any reference. It's all green screen and it looks horrible. And again, too, I don't even know if I don't or I don't even know if I dislike Jason Momoa as Aquaman because he's not really Aquaman. He's a different character. Maybe I could grow to like this new character. It's just jarring to have. It's like, hey, and here's a version of Aquaman that's not like anything you've ever seen before. Yeah, well, and like in the movie, he's he he isn't Aquaman because he doesn't do anything Aquaman-ish. He's just he's he's the um uh the the paladin of the group he's the the big tank basically he just throws his trident at stuff and and doesn't use any water powers it's so weird because they set up early on in the movie when they're all about to get drowned where it's like oh i can stop the water i have control i can do all this and yet for the final fight they fight in chernobyl (laughs) where there's no water so aquaman can't use any of his skills and i'm like 
that's bad team writing. The point of doing a big team is you want them to all be able to use their powers and to complement each other. Yeah, it would have been cool if, like, at the end thing, they're like, "Oh, there's a dam nearby. I'll flood the flood the valley, the 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 power plants in, and yeah. it'll be on my on my own territory and everything." That would have been cool. Or like he comes riding out on a shark or Cthulhu or something. They do that thing like they do in the New Fifty Two at the start, where he brings the shark in and it eats all like the the parademons and stuff. You had a chance to do that movie and you didn't do that. Yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have been great. That would have been so cool. I mean, what we got was him punching stuff and he punched stuff hard. And I mean, like he was like <laughs> he, he he flew through the air and he didn't give a shit. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay. He he, he did a thing. Yeah. The fine, yeah. He did, he did a fine job. I mean, it's not really what I consider to be Aquaman, but you know, he he did a thing. Yeah, he's, he's Cal Drogo. He's Cal Drogo. I'm not even being condescending. I'm just like he did, he did a thing. I just would have liked to have seen Aquaman do more Aquaman things. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of kind of like Wonder Woman in this movie. She, everyone's praising her because she had good movie and everything. But a lot of her stuff was just. Remember, I had a really good movie five months ago. Let's talk about that because nothing between World War One and 2017, nothing interesting happened. Apparently, I had a very uneventful hundred or so years. Yeah, even though they're going to do sequels in that timeline. <laughs> yeah, appar- apparently nothing all that interesting happened to Diana, which is a shame. Uh, they definitely make strides to further build the cosmology of this DC cinematic. Only well, it's not called the DC Cinematic Universe anymore. It's called something else. Yeah, I'm just going to keep calling it the DCEU. So the DC film thingy, they build the cosmology <laughs> by saying that Steppenwolf, uh, who, goddamn Steppenwolf, man, he's... He's such a non-villain, he's such a non-entity as a villain, I feel like I need to go back and cut slack to villains who I said were shitty. <laughs> he's a horrible, horrible-looking CGI creation, who's voiced by Carrie and Hines, who's a good, like, like character actor. Yeah. And they, they completely waste him here. Oh, he's given nothing to it. It's like, snarl in your best monster voice. Yeah, we'll put some filters over it, and you'll sound evil. Yeah, you'll sound evil. Apparently he tried to attack Earth once before to try and terraform with the power of the Mother Boxes, which are now apparently Doomsday Devices, even though they've never been Doomsday Devices in the comics. They were like cell phones and teleporters for the new gods. Yeah, the Mother Boxes aren't the Mother... They're they're basically three Tesseracts. They're three Tesseracts. Uh, Oh, also they're the One Ring of Power from Lord of the Rings, because one was gifted to the Kingdom of Atlanteans, one was gifted to the Kingdom of the Amazons, and one was gifted to the Tribes of Humanity. (laughs) That's that's great, guys. Also, I, I need three of them to form the unity. I'm like, that's nothing. You're just, you're just <laughs> saying war. You could you couldn't even find a doomsday device from the comics to build this around. There's lots of doomsday devices <laughs> from the comics. Well, what I I've been I've been wanting to say this for a while, but like, so like in that in that fight that we see with the exposition dump with the the Amazons and everything, we see that Green Lantern there, and he gets killed and everything. You think like maybe like the Green Lanterns would send a couple more uh to like stop this and then maybe even take those weapons away from uh what i imagine they would consider like infant races yeah, like the amazons and the humans and like put them in like a science cell or something you, 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 you fucked up lantern core you really dropped the ball on earth because that's the thing where it's like okay so there was a green lantern of earth sector and he died then his ring assumedly went to someone else why have there been no green lanterns in the last little bit 
yeah, like why aren't they appearing? Like why? Where was he during Zod's attack? Where was he during Doomsday? Mm-hmm. Where was he during the Enchantress? Uh, also, too, we have who is clearly uh, Shazam or supposed to be their Shazam level character, so they're already planting seeds for Shazam. I think that was meant to be Zeus. Was it? I just they, they, I, they, I, there was like a throwaway line about the gods even right. helping out, and there was like Zeus, and I think. I, I, they didn't show Ares, of course. Because no, um, that would be confusing. Uh, was, yeah, there was like a bunch of other... There was that woman with the bow and everything. Athena, yeah. I guess I made yeah. it cooler in my mind that that was Shazam, some ancient version of Shazam. You know, that would have been a really good place to put Black Adam. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he would have been around since it... Well, I think they're pre-Egyptian times. I think that's supposed to be like Stone Age times we're fighting in. Well, a Black Adam. A Black Adam of some point who got his powers from whatever thing. Well, but then it's weird, too, because it's like we got the Greek gods, but Wonder Woman says the Greek gods actually created the world and were the only gods. Yeah, fuck this universe. I know, this universe is so confusing to be like, oh, but the Greek gods were there in Stone Age times, really? (laughs) I mean, unless they want to get really creative with it and use, like, Campbell's uh, selective subconscious and be like, well, no, really, all gods are the same gods. We've just been retelling the same stories over and over again. I mean, Mars is just Ares. Odin is just Zeus. And the Judeo-Christian god, we just keep moving them up and everything. But that's a lot to have to explain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so Steppenwolf loses and then gets chased off Earth for, like, 5,000 years and only the death of Superman is enough to activate the mother boxes and bring him back, even though Superman has only been on Earth for, like, 35 years, and he was only Superman for, like, three years tops. If that... Well, here's another thing. Like, at the end of the movie, he's... Like, he gets defeated again, and, and the parademons turn on him because they fe- feel his fear. Yeah. He got defeated first time and that didn't happen he just escaped on his ship i think he was more angry than scared that time he was scared because they broke his penis axe is what they broke (laughs) no you broke my penis extender no Uh. <laughs> I, I like to imagine too because like he drops reference to dark side he drops reference to the new gods which god fucking help you if you're not a comic fan because again to joe and jane popcorn that doesn't make them excited that's just gibberish to them yeah, they were what the fuck? They were like dark side. Is this Star Wars now? What's going on? Yeah, what's what, is this guy a? Is he one of them Sith lords there, Jane? I think he's one of them. There, he's Sith got a red lords. axe. Yeah, man, he's one of them fucking Sith lords, man. Yep, that's that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Sith lord. And again, where even what like the line that is supposed to make me nerd out, where it's like, oh, and I will take my place amongst the new gods. It's like. But Steppenwolf, you are a new god, though. You, <laughs> you, that is your species. That is you your, are a new god. <laughs> that's your race. You can't take your place amongst a group where you're already a member. It's like if me or Matt said, we will take our place amongst the human race. You're already humans. <laughs> you can't be more a new god. Oh, God. It's a uh, terrible, terrible villain for a first justice league and i could see that they're, they're like oh we'll do stephen wolf and it'll be cool because it'll it'll tie in the dark side and like there's there's one mention of the dark side and that's that line from stephen wolf other than that nothing yeah. clearly when this was supposed to be two movies stephen wolf was either supposed to be a henchman or they were going to defeat him in the first one and dark side would be in the second one I feel like he was meant to be a henchman. Like he was going to be like um, a heavy. Like yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of like just someone for like Aquaman or Superman to fight. Like Vader well, to well, his emperor. 
yeah yeah uh, well originally like th- this whole movie apparently because Zack snyder kind of went little josh trank went you'll never see my cut of the movie that sort of shit um apparently superman was meant to go evil in that when they resurrected him they seem to be playing with that idea and i imagine he would have had the black suit and we would have had the whole justice yeah. league fight superman yeah well no i think what was originally meant to happen was that was he was meant to come back that because he got resurrected with the mother box dark side can somehow now control him and it was meant to lead into the 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 nightmare uh from batman v superman and then the nightmare future yes apparently yeah but none of that none of that happened let's 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 talk about his resurrection let's (laughs) So in a big crowd-pleasing superhero movie, there's a scene where two heroes dig up another hero's corpse. And talk about how wrong it is while continuing to dig up the corpse. You know they have a little thing called a Kryptonian healing coma so you wouldn't have to desecrate a grave, right? No, no, it's really important for the story that they need to dig up his grave. Yeah, and and it's even funny, and I actually laughed kind of out loud when it happened because they're digging the digging it up, and Flash hits the coffin, and he's like surprised. I'm like, why are you surprised? You found the thing you were digging, digging for. for. Also, also too for like again, they don't really say how much time has been in between his death and now, but I guess it can't have been much time because he hasn't decayed any, his hair and nails haven't grown any, but that could just be superior Kryptonian de- genetics. I don't know. See, they could have could have easily solved that beard issue with him saying like, "Oh, his hair just grew." I know that they so so could have gotten around it, but they chose not to. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and Red Letter Media brought this up there because apparently they have to drop the cube into the into the the goo, the Kryptonian goo, and Flash has to touch it with his electricity um, powers just as it hits the water. Yes. Uh, so, like, if he misses, they could just do it again. Just get fish the cube out of the water and just drop it again. The three times. Why does it? Man. And they'll and they'll like building it up as like this big intense scene. Is he going to touch it at, at the exact moment? And like, doesn't matter. He could just do it again if he doesn't do it. It's it's also like again that probably would have been a more interesting side plot. And I imagine it was probably meant to be a more interesting side plot. This idea of like, wow, you superheroes just played God right now. You brought back a man from the dead. There's a lot of moral and philosophical quandaries at work here. Now we're just going to brush it off, though. Yeah, although there was probably more of that in the Snyder Cut. <laughs> I'm sure there was. In fact, you know, th- what they were building up with Cyborg, where it's like, you know, Dad, I didn't ask to be brought back to life. I didn't ask to be rebuilt as a robot. Maybe I wanted to die. That would have been really good material for him and Superman, kind of build a dynamic and a connection between them there. That would have been fun. Yeah, but they they don't react to each other until the end. They no. uh, <laughs> cyborg attacks him because his mother box tells him to. to. And that's like one of the only because Kryptonians are like the big mother box villains or something. Something like Doesn't, that. There's no no real explanation for it. Well, because we need to be unsure about cyborg's loyalties going into the final act, but then it doesn't really mean anything because that was the only time it happened. Yeah, yeah, and then Superman fights the Justice League in a hilariously comical fight. Yes, very where he, much. Where, so. he de- where he destroys the, the the um the memorial to his victims from the first film. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't think this was meant to be funny, but I laughed at it when Superman is holding up Batman and Superman says, "Do you bleed?" I'm like, ah, they brought it back. <laughs> it's the face. It's the CGI face. It looks so weird. And then he throws him like just throws him, and then Batman says, "Oh, uh, something's bleeding." Equip. Again, in a close-up shot where it's like, they film that later. 
Yep, and then and then Lois runs out and and calls in Clark Kent, and and then Bat- Batman calls in Alfred. He does that at the start of the movie. He, he in fr- he's got he's got a he's got um Big some character actor. He's some uh, criminal standing right next to him, and he goes Alfred. Alfred, bring in the the bat jet or whatever. <laughs> my my uh, my butler Alfred, Alfred Pennyworth, who lives at <laughs> Stately Wayne Manor. Also, that seems even better too because a car pulls up with Alfred and Lois in it. Lois calms down Superman, and she goes Clark, Clark in front of a yeah, bunch of yeah. cops. Yeah, she does that in in Man of Steel as well. She she actually takes a cop to the to the Kent residence, and as Superman is landing, and 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 yells his name, Clark, at in, the cop. <laughs> in the same moment, too, Wonder Woman, while trying to break through to Superman, goes Kal-el. No, how the fuck did you know his name was Kal-el? You met for like a couple minutes. He certainly didn't tell Batman his alien name. Well, not only that, like why is she calling him that when she wants to remind him of, of his, his humanity? humanity and why does she say it the way she says it is she says it like really weirdly and again it's close up it's a reshoot yeah i don't w- were they just trying to remind us that no that they know each other though they know each other re- look at this thing she knew that she had no way of knowing <laughs> she had no way of no- but she knew it Oh, God. <laughs> also, too, it's like, again, she says that in front of the cops, you know, Clark, Clark, Clark. Then when they pull back in the scene, there's no car with Alfred there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, they were never there. <laughs> there's there's so much trickery in this movie where it's like, it kept taking me out of it. And I'm sure some people will say, like, oh, you, just got, you guys just couldn't get lost in the movie. No, I couldn't. I felt bad that I couldn't get lost in it because stuff like that kept happening. Yeah, and it doesn't help that the movie like, like just keeps going like scene, 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 scene. Just cut, cut. Like it's like they had like like a timer. Like oh, the scene can only run for three minutes, and then we got to cut to another scene for three minutes. More than anything, it reminds me of Suicide Squad. It is cut a lot like Suicide Squad, which again, much like Justice League, I did not hate, I did not love, but I'm like, oh, you know, it does its job. It does a little of this. I feel like there's probably a more interesting movie on the cutting room floor. It will be interesting to see if they actually do release a... Oh, I imagine no. they probably will because the movie's bombing hard. If if it seems to like we're not talking about the story or the character development or anything, it's because there's not much to talk about. The, this is probably one of the most empty superhero movies they've done. It feels like there was meant to be themes, there was meant to be an underlining story, but they cut out anything that wasn't an action scene, a hero shot, or a catchphrase. And again, that it would have worked if they had solo movies for each of the each of the main heroes, and maybe like you probably didn't need to do a cyborg film. You could probably get his story off in 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 a Justice League film, but like because a Superman, he's got the a Batman, most, like actual hooks into the story. Yeah, a Superman, Batman, a Wonder Woman, maybe a Flash and and Aquaman movie. You do all them before you do the team up film, and then you you can get straight into it. And you're like, oh, I know all these characters. I've had a two and a half hour movie with them before. I know what they're about. Now, judging it solely as just as like a collection of images and sounds and everything, yeah, it's it's cool to see them in costume. Yeah, it's cool to see them fight side by side. I don't think any of the fights are as cool as the solo Batman fight from Batman v Superman for all the problems that movie had. That was a really good action scene. Yeah, the action scenes in here are kind of strange. They, they are. Again, they feel artificial. 
Yeah, and again, it go, it's that thing that it was all filmed on a green screen, and uh, with the reshoots, it was obviously filmed where the actors weren't in the same room as one another, the, so they couldn't react off each other. The fight with Superman is the best one, which is funny because he's probably not in there the longest, but because it's like I actually feel like you know there's some skin on skin contact happening. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's something I can actually grab onto where it's like, okay, like this is actually happening. This is for real. Everything else is like, this feels like a video game. Yeah, well, like that last fight, I think like when they're fighting all Steppenwolf, it's like Wonder Woman attacks it and then she gets thrown off screen and then we cut to like Aquaman attacking it. Again, it's like no one was there on the same day. They were all just fighting some guy in green spandex across a week probably and then they all cut it together. Which is not what you want to do when you're building a team movie. It's all about coming together and, you know, fighting as one and complementing each other's styles and everything. Yeah, which is ironically like the the tagline for this movie, come together or something. Which you know (laughs) it's come together because over the credits they do a terrible cover of come together. Let's talk about the music. The, the, they don't use any of the like they 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 open the movie with it with the Leonard Cohen song. Yeah, which everybody is a cover. knows. Yeah, which it's like, man, why use a cover when the guy just died recently? What was wrong with the original version? Yeah, well, the, the, that's the thing. This movie was weird about death because they compare like Superman with Prince and Bowie, and I think that that's kind of kind of disrespectful in a way because especially with the paper it was like oh they went back to their home, home planets. planets yeah it also it also very much dates the movie to when that scene was added in mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. wasn't that long ago <laughs> so they were working up to it at least right up until prince and bowie died yeah so they were doing that uh what else was there oh uh, Aquaman gets probably the weirdest musical interlude. Just out of nowhere, we get a slightly remixed version of the White Stripes' Icky Thump. Because when I think of Aquaman, King of the Seven Seas, <laughs> King of Atlantis, I think Icky Thump. That that was so weird. I'm like, wait, so he doesn't get like an orchestral piece? No. Um, like, like maybe like a Viking-ish sort of underwater theme is so, no 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 we would white stripes no, not he's hardcore a, man. not even a song about water or anything into he gets icky yeah. thump which i mean i guess if we break it down if you listen to the lyrics of icky thump it talks about going to meet a red-headed woman and drinking which he did both he drank and then he went to go meet the red-headed mira so the song told you things that were going to happen yeah but it, it doesn't fit it, it's it, so on the nose too if that's yeah. the case you know, you know why I did it? Because they used it in the Comic-Con trailer, and that riff is fucking so sick. Yeah, that's all the re- – and, and, of course, Aquaman is sick. He's a, he's a cool character, man. He's, um, a, he's a cooler character than we've ever had before, Aquaman. <laughs> if we get him to work, the whole thing works. Uh, yeah. Um, that that what, lasso what, bit was funny, too, though. I'll admit I laughed pretty good at the lasso joke, but then I was reminded, oh, they did that better in the animated Wonder Woman movie when it was Steve Trevor who was standing on it. Yeah, I always thought like the the lasso you had to kind of be round you. You can you just stand on it. You know, like in, it had to be round a piece of your body. Right. I think in the animated Wonder Woman one two, he was standing on. I think it's just if you make contact with it. Yeah, but yeah, the the music is is kind of forgettable. It's da- Danny Elfman, which is really surprising. But apparently, he I think like yesterday he came out and said he had like a couple of weeks to do the music, and. In saying that, it's it's not bad for what it what no. it is, but it's but again adequate, like like the rest of the movie, but unforgettable. I, it's fi- unfor- it's forgettable, but I like it more than the the Hans Zimmer Junkie XL yes. drums and shit 
like, I agree. You, you tell people, like, what's what's Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL's Batman theme? You can't hum it or anything, but you can hum Danny Elfman's Whoa. theme. Yeah, it's true. Which, again, they recycle a bunch of themes in this one. They use some chords from Batman and Batman the Animated Series, and even uh, John Williams Superman gets a couple bars in there. Yeah, while he's trying to brutally murder the Justice League. Yep. He doesn't, though, which, again, is something I never thought I would actually give credit for in this DC Cinematic Universe's favor. Uh, The heroes don't murder anyone in this one. Yeah, well, I, again, it, it kind of felt like a Whedon thing, mm-hmm. where because because again, he he made Superman Superman, and it was plainly obvious he made he, it was him that did that. He even starts talking like Christopher is, "Hey, Lois, how you doing?" <laughs> yeah, that that scene at the farm where he like where he's laughing and hugging his mum, that's yeah. like the Superman, and then at the end where he's laughing with with um, Cyborg and everything, that's Superman. But once again, they don't explain how his character got there, and it would have been easy too to be like, oh, you know, I was so I was such a stick in the mud, I was such a sour grape, but you know, death and coming back has you know shown me that I'm gonna live every moment to its fullest. That's your arc, but we don't get it. No, we don't get that at all. That would have been so... That was a give-me. That was a low-hanging fruit, and they didn't take it. (laughs) Then Superman literally has a brush with death, and that changes everything. He's like, oh, I'm going to be the Superman you know from the comics now, but they don't do it. Yeah, they don't do it. Even at, like, at the end, they, like... It's kind of weird how the movie ends with, like, him being back as Clark Kent somehow, dressed like like Christopher Reeve. And and no one's going to put two and two together. Hey... Hey, that Superman guy came back to life around the same time this Clark Kent guy came back to life. I wonder. Yeah, they they've put him in a weird place where like they can't take him back to the Daily Planet. No. Or they can't, and they can't put him anywhere in Metropolis in a in a job that will put his face out there because in Batman v Superman we see like like all the people at uh, daily planet went to his funeral, which was an open cast funeral. Yes. So they all saw him dead and there was like an obituary in the newspaper. So you can't just have him walk back into the office and say, I'm Mark Kent. He, he, he went deep undercover Matt to research a story. (laughs) That's what he did. He went under deep. They'll, they'll pull something out of their ass for man of steel too. If they ever do man of steel too. Yeah, well, that, well, that's like that. That's like another thing that this movie's now got to deal with because it's it's bombing. People hate it. People aren't liking it. The general audience aren't liking it. Well, I was gonna say um, some people are liking it. I've been on Twitter. It's just it's very much underperforming what they expected it to be. Thor Ragnarok had a better opening weekend, which man, if that's not a reason for heads to roll at the film division well, of Warner Brothers, I don't know what is. People crunch the numbers. I think it like like um deadline or something and they they said that with only 2017's inflation numbers batman forever made more money in its opening weekend batman batman forever with the with jim carrey's joker uh not riddler i was gonna say jesse eisenberg's riddler that's fine too you know again if i was the president of like you know the film arm of warner brothers and i heard this I would be like, who whose ass am I kicking? Like, whose fault is this? Who's getting fired? I think it's his fault. I think Kevin, t- I, I can't remember what his last name, but I think it's like his fault. Like, he's the one who gave Zack Snyder total control over these characters. He, and and I, I don't think he knew what he was doing anyway, because I think he was like a theme park um, CEO or something. He wasn't a movie sense. guy. 
Well, that's the funny thing, too, where it's like, you know, you mentioned Zack Snyder, and we mentioned the people in charge. That's another thing. With Batman v Superman, with Man of Steel, my not enjoying them, it was very easy to point a finger at Zack Snyder, because he was the creative voice behind it, he was the creative everything. Here, it's hard to blame anyone, because clearly... It's Zack everyone's S- fault. It's, it everyone everyone's had, a, had a part of it. Clearly, Zack Snyder made a movie... They took it away from him because they didn't trust it after the other ones. They recut it. Whedon came in, did the best he could, but even as much as I like Whedon, it felt like he was phoning it in a little bit. Yeah, well, again, he probably didn't have a lot to work with, and he had probably had like really strict rules to adhere to. Yeah, make a brand new movie out of the footage we have now, and you have this much for reshoots. But it has to be under this runtime because we want to maximize how many showings a day we can get in. Yeah, exactly. And uh, people are saying it needs to be longer. It doesn't because you see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, I think it's like a minute longer, and that succeeded. Yeah. And that's a team movie about a team no one gives a fuck about but now do Yeah. because of how good that movie was. Yeah, it, it really is one of those things where it's like, yeah, Justice League, I'm not mad at it. I'm just a little disappointed at it. Like, again, can pick apart technical problems to the cows come home. You can do this. You can do that. At the end of the day, I just didn't find it very engaging was its problem. No. I just – there wasn't that much to latch on to. And, again, for some people, just the awe and spectacle is going to be enough. For some people, just being able to see these heroes on the big screen – is everything they've ever wanted, and they'll be happy with that. To which I say, hey, more power to you. I'm glad you got it more out of it than I did. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me that I'm wrong in thinking that it's that I think it's bad. My uh, my favorite shitty comment was when I complained about the music uh, choices, like reusing the old themes after four movies of being like, no, this ain't your daddy's DC universe. We're hip and new and fresh and edgy. But But here's the old music, though. Please like us. Yeah, I got one about you can't you can't judge a movie by its CGI, and I said, well, considering that you know one of its characters is completely CGI and the other one is covered in CGI, and the movie is covered in CGI, I think it's pretty fair that I can judge a movie by its CGI. Also, I don't know if you knew this, but film is what we call a visual medium. What you see is like fifty percent of your grade. <laughs> That's like saying, well, you can't judge a book by the paper it's printed on. Yeah, I can. If it's falling apart and I can't read it, then I can absolutely judge it by that. Yeah, exactly. It, it Again, people like for this movie are starting to pick like, well, it was good because it did this, but everything else was shit. And just trying to find like little things that make the movie a sudden 10 out of 10 or something. Which, again... It does have little things. Some jokes are funny and cute. It does. Again, and yeah, I, I like Ezra Miller in the first half of the movie until he started grading on me a little bit. Ray Fisher, I hope he has a big, long career because I think he's genuinely a good actor. The fact that he was able to get as much out of this role as he did. Uh, the fact that this movie wasn't pretentious and up its ass like Batman mm. v Superman and Man of Steel was. I mean, it didn't have anything it, it didn't have an ass no. to go up because there was nothing there <laughs> no it, it definitely was like it had none of that and i think maybe that's probably because like a character like lex luther wasn't in the film right so they didn't have some character to go oh, gods and men and yeah, peach s- tea <laughs> peach tea man you say lex luther wasn't in the movie but he actually kind of was <laughs> Well, yes and no. It was in an after credit scene. Let's, let's talk about this now as we bring it down. So for after credit scenes, 
we get like a big call out to the famous Flash versus Superman race from the comics. I'm like, oh, that's cute. That's a nice stinger. That that was nice, despite Henry Cavill's monster face. Yeah, despite his weird distended monster face. I'm like, you know what? I wish this would have been the whole movie, just Flash and Superman having a good-natured race. Yeah, and they, they kind of did that in the film where he, where Superman's now faster, as fast as the Flash. He can catch up to him. Well, I mean, that's that's a debate fans have been having forever: who's faster, yeah. Superman or the Flash? My my theory has always been: in a foot race, the Flash will always win, but Superman can fly and defy gravity, and because <laughs> of that, that just fucks everything up. <laughs> Like, he, he can just do shit that he straight up can't do. But, yeah, we get that. And then the other stinger scene is, oh, holy shit, Joe Mantadamelio shows up as Deathstroke. They they had that costume, and they were ready to use it for something. They had it, and it looked weird. Like, it, it looked weird when he was walking up those stairs. Like, it wasn't a real character. It was, like, a CGI character. It was, like, or he's, like, he couldn't see shit in the mask. And he was, like, slowly walking up the stairs, so he couldn't trip over anything but and he looked weird with like the old man makeup they mm. kind of put on him it might have just been the white hair but Possibly. he he looked good it, the costume looked yeah. good and everything but the the weird white hair like i know obviously that's part of his character of slade yeah. but it it looked weird on joe i man to demelia i don't know yeah, why what if, what if fucking we, up this poor man's name joe m joe m, m. Jo- joey m from the bronx we love that guy <laughs> But yeah, it's him, and it's Luthor with his hair off and everything, implying that, oh, we're going to be building an Injustice League. And I'm like, that's great for the sequel that you may never get now. Yeah, and and the the one thing I I take offense with is is that suddenly Luthor is now Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor. He wears, like, Gene Hackman suits. Yep. And I'm like, you never wore anything like you dressed like Mark Zuckerberg in your last movie. Like, why are you suddenly now dressing like this? <laughs> it's also funny too because I'm like, okay, what members can we expect for the Injustice League? Zot, nope, he's dead. Uh, Doomsday, nope, also dead. Um, the Enchantress and Incubit, nope, they're dead too. Um, Ares, yep. God of what? Nope, also dead. Um, yeah. KG Beast, oh no, no, Batman blew him up crap so um, i guess it's just deathstroke and luthor now they better hurry and get some new villains for this team do, do you reckon like that that they'll like like somehow do a reactionary thing with that where it's like instead of the injustice league it's just going to be suicide squad members i mean they could do they're the only villains they haven't killed yet <laughs> well they're not really villains are they they, they keep no. saying they're villains but they've done nothing that's really villainous no no they were in most of the cases they were justified in what they did <laughs> oh man so what we're saying is we're really excited for suicide squad too <laughs> is what we're if you take nothing else from this justice league review we can't wait for suicide squad too <laughs> if that even happens if that even happens now again monday morning there's gonna be some chats some people are gonna be called into the boss's <laughs> office and chats yeah. will be had about the future. And with this movie not doing as well as a, I, I imagine we're probably going to be getting news about a new Batman soon. Yes, that's, that's ha- hasn't hasn't Matt Reeve met with um Jake Gyllenhaal or there's like rumors or something? That's the rumor, Gyllenhaal for Batman. To which you know what? Don't care. Just you know, get someone who won't leave after two and a half movies. <laughs> Don't don't get someone who fluctuates weight during a movie like he did in just this movie. 
yeah, instead of like spot the wig from Fantastic Four, it's spot the weight gain. Yeah, and it's noticeable. It's a little noticeable, which I feel horrible saying as a chubby man myself, where it's like, oh, I'm so, I'm sorry I wasn't as swole as I was like, you know, a year and a half ago when we filmed this. <laughs> I had divorce and a, and a rehab stint in between then. You didn't keep out your work, work schedule, bro. You comic-loving fucks, I'm sure Ben Affleck. I'm sure Ben Affleck just hates everything about comics and comic book movies now. Yeah, he's like, fuck you, I had a better time doing doing goddamn Daredevil. Oh, God, yeah, I can only imagine. Like, I'm Daredevil and you guys shit all over, and I'm Batman and you shit all over, and I'm just never going to do this again. <laughs> that poor guy. <laughs> like, i got to go back to directing. At least my movies do well. Oh. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> Again, as we said last week, being Batman should be the best job in the world. The fact that Affleck is yeah. so miserable he wants to leave says a lot about the state of the DC film thingy. Yep, yep. That it made a man not want to be Batman anymore. The greatest job in the world. <laughs> uh, and on that note, everyone, we've been talking for a fair amount of time. Now, in fact, we've been talking even longer because we did. It'll probably be up by the time this came up. Matt and I did a doomsday clock uh kind of timeline brief uh getting you up to speed on it that probably came out tuesday this comes out wednesday at eight as always unless you're a patron in which case it comes out late sunday night for and you can listen to it before anybody else yes and you'll be able to watch it as well since i do the patreon videos not long after the audio goes up sure does and remember everyone when you comment down in the comment section below this week (laughs) It's all fun, man. It's all just movies. We didn't hate it, man. It's all good. <laughs> my inbox has enough death threats in it. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, if you don't think my 5 out of 10 for Justice League is warranted, there's something wrong with you. I uh, I didn't even mention, uh, what is it, the Amazons getting their costume changed. That made some people go <laughs> crazy in the comment section when I dared to insinuate that the costumes were clearly different and that's a problem. Not even because of, for any women's issue. I mean, that's a big problem, yes. But my issue comes from the fact that... Aren't the continuity. Am- continuity, yeah. Aren't the Amazonians supposed to be a timeless race of people who have never changed weapons? <laughs> weapons or tactics or anything that they always wear the same stuff and yet suddenly out of nowhere they start wearing midriff armor and not just in the flashbacks too like in apolito and she's trying to save the box they clearly have midriff armor too for no reason yeah so you know there's that too yeah now the people gonna mention it now they're gonna mention it because i i just oh joel you did it again you couldn't old joel couldn't keep his mouth shut about the midriff armor oh no (laughs) and on that note everyone i think we can finally bring this episode to an end thank you so much for watching and as always we'll be back again next week same comic multiverse time same comic multiverse place see ya